1: Send a gift of $25 or more and ask for the Transition of the Church gift offer.
2: Hey, welcome back in. This show is Mark Rheinbolt. Got a couple announcements to make before we get going here with our great, great show we have in store for you. I just want to remind everyone that we do have a website, www.jewishprofit.com. That's www.jewishprofit.com. And for all you uh, new people out there, maybe the first time Mark was talking about, and certainly love to get you hooked up. If you want to do it just by the telephone, we can do that also, and you can give the office a call, 618-262-2810, and find out more about that also. Like I said earlier, we do have with us from Mount Carmel, Illinois, Prophet Tom Duggard.
3: This weekend will be a weekend filled with revelation knowledge about the time of Jacob's Trouble. We're going to study in depth what's coming from where we're at right now up into the time that's called the millennium. There are going to be some surprises that's going to come to you. Because when revelation knowledge comes to a a major prophet, it comes straight from the throne room. As I have told you, there are two angels that appear to me. Never have they both appeared at the same time. But they appear to me when God wants me to prophesy a vision. They appear to me when I am a bit complexed over what it is that God's trying to get me to do or to minister. This has been a long siege for this prophet. I have had to seek the Lord God very, very hard. At one point I thought I wouldn't give this message because of the fact that there was pieces of that puzzle that I didn't have. And I will not dishonor the Lord God. I will not dishonor this ministry, this prophet, by bringing to you half-truths. I never have, nor will I ever, and God knows that. So I say, God, if you want me to minister this message that you've had me up in the middle of the night, some nights most of the night, then, Father, you're going to have to send the angel because one of them angels is going to have to straighten me out about this because I don't understand. Seven days later, the angel shows up. I said, oh, yes, 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 yes. That's where this piece here fits there. And this piece over here, yay. And the angel said, don't forget to throw that one over there away. Okay. (laughs) Oh, they have humor. none at all. Okay, none at all. When I started in the ministry all these many, 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 many years ago, the angel appeared and said unto me, You can preach anything in the Scriptures that's written except leave the book of Revelation alone. You are never to preach, minister, teach, or even mention anything about or within those Scriptures. And when God wants you to deliver that, we will come and teach you that I said okay that was fine with me all these years the only the only place that I was allowed to get after what 10-15 years into the ministry was the third chapter of the book of Revelation I were I and part of it which you know very well and all of it you should know but the part I always liked was I wish that you were either what hot or cold okay because lukewarm he was going to do what vomit you right out of his belly and so I preached that very hard uh, for numbers of years as God would put it into my heart. When I began to understand about Ephraim when I began to understand the transition which the Lord God was now doing then I was given a couple other scriptures out of the book of Revelation. Well I'm doing well now after going toward 40 years of ministry and all of a sudden now boy I'm, I'm really hot into Revelation right? Well no. And so then God began to deal with me. We are at the very doorstep of the Antichrist. You will see, those of you that are sitting in this room, you will see the rise of the Antichrist. You will see. that He will come from a nation. Now, you know, the scripture, and I'm not going to give that tonight. I've got too many scriptures to give this weekend. You can look it up and find it. Probably out of the tribe of Dan, okay? Says he'll be a religious man. Now, he's going to rise up. Look where our dollar's at. The dollar's doing this. The yen's doing this. The pound's doing this. The currencies are doing all this. The euro dollar's doing that. Why? It's the will of God. We are at the end, brothers and sisters. God is doing exactly what God said that he would do when that time came to do it. Now, should we do what? Dig a hole in the ground? God forbid. We're going to stand and we're going to glorify our God in this day. There are certain peoples, we're going to talk about the sealing of the 144,000, 12,000 from each tribe. We're going to talk about When, in fact, Armageddon is really going to happen. We're going to talk about, bless God, in the year 2012, on December the 21st, we will enter into a time that only happens every 26,000 years. This so happens. Where the Milky Way becomes between the sun and the earth, called the dark rift. Also called the beginning of the golden age. You and I, were going to see that. We're going to see the wrath. Oh no, you don't want to hear this, do you? We're going to see the wrath of God poured out upon this earth. We're going to see when men cry out, let the rocks fall upon me that I should die, Lord. We are entering into a time that, bless God, that there has never been like on this earth, nor ever will be again, thus say the Scriptures, and they are the truth. We have a destiny to fulfill. You were put here for this time. You were put here for this reason. And the thing that I'm watching right now in this movement of Ephraim is I'm watching people trying to make up their minds whether they can should tell their families, some of your mothers and fathers, some of your brothers and sisters, your next-door neighbors and your pastors, huh, to take a flying leap at a rolling donut, I think is what they say. Because you're not all that sure. When I get done this weekend, you will be sure. When I finish this weekend, there won't be anybody in this room that will not understand this is real. It's really happening. The mark of the beast is going to happen. And you're going to be right smack dab in the middle of all this. What are you going to do? That's why I am a major prophet. I'm going to show you the scriptures, and I'm going to show you the way to go. Again, unfortunately, that decision is yours. Okay? My place is just to minister it. Your place is to decide what are you going to do with it. Some of you are about to make some of the biggest decisions that you've ever made this weekend. Some of you may fall away from this. If you do, God love you and God speed. All right? If you decide to get in, some of you that are a little lukewarm, beware. Fun and games is over, folks. We have play, I, have, I have toyed in the spirit realm with some of you long enough. Okay? Some of you know that you should be in this thing further than you are. What's kept you out? Your flesh. Well, we're going to help that along, too, okay, this weekend. So the old story is... Strap up those seatbelts and those chairs, those spiritual seatbelts, because we're about to take a ride. Okay? We're about to take a ride that, bless God, that is going to bring you all the way to the time of the millennium. I I, I will teach on the millennium. There's not a whole lot I think has to be taught in that area. It's pretty well self-explanatory, and it's right. But the fact of it is, we will do some things. I'm only believing God that, that tonight, this weekend, I can get all this material in. Because if it can't, we're staying. Let's see, that'll be Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. <laughs> so I said, i got to be back at work Monday. No, we'll do it the next quarterly or whenever God puts it in my bucket, okay? Turn with me in the book of Jeremiah 30. Jeremiah 30. Starting in the first verse, Jeremiah 31. We're going to go down through the seventh verse if you're taking notes, and God forbid if you're not, okay, however, however that is done, okay? Jeremiah 30, first verse. The word that came to Jeremiah from the Lord, saying, Thus speaketh the Lord God of Israel, saying, Write thee all the words that I have spoken unto thee in a book. For lo, the days come, saith the Lord, that I will bring again the captivity of my people Israel and Judah. Now remember what I've told you. Anytime it's given like that, Israel is Ephraim. Judah is Judah. All right? Saith the Lord, and I will cause them to return to the land that I gave their fathers, and they shall possess it. So there's going to be a time, when bless God, that we are going to return to the land and we are going to possess it. And these are the words that the Lord spake concerning Israel and concerning Judah. For thus saith the Lord, we have heard a voice of trembling, of fear, and not of peace. For thus saith the Lord, uh, uh, you know, when he starts saying, For thus saith the Lord, God is speaking. Sixth verse, Ask ye now, and see whether man doth travail with child. Wherefore do I see every man with his hands on his loins as a woman in travail and all faces are turned into paleness all men okay doesn't say it says every man every man and their faces are turned and must be something coming that's big time something right seventh verse alas for that day is great so that none is like it it is even the time of jacob's trouble but he shall be saved out of it all. Now, I want you to underline, use a marker, pen that's colored, or whatever you have. And I want you to circle. I want you to, to uh, uh, you know, to use a highlighter in the part that says, But he shall be saved out of it all. He shall be saved out of it all. So there's going to be a group of people that is going to be saved in this time of Jacob's trouble. Not all people are going to be saved. I want you, if you're taking notes, I want you to write this down. Millions upon millions upon millions upon millions of people are going to die. Millions upon millions upon millions. It doesn't paint a pretty picture. Not supposed to. God said, I know the end from the beginning. I have spoken and it shall come to pass and my prophets shall bring them forth. That's what God has done throughout the ages. That's what God's doing now. I'm sorry that I don't look like and act like some of the televangelists and some of the real famous preachers around this earth, but I'm going to tell you something. Neither did Yeshua, okay? Neither did he. Give us Barabbas instead of Christ. Hang him on the tree. And they did. So it isn't a matter of a beauty contest if it was out of one. Somebody say amen. <laughs> Thank you. I thought, I thought I'd work that in every chance I get, you know, like that, you know. It isn't a thing of a popularity contest. It isn't because, bless God, I am elegant preach in speech. I'm not, and you know it. I am a redneck from southern Illinois. This doesn't quite look like St. Louis, Memphis, Chicago, or New York City, or L.A., does it? You're in the sticks with the hicks. Some of you fit in very well, I might add. (laughs) Some, some, Some of you, my mother, would be very proud of, okay? But you see, this is what God has chosen. Where is it inscribed that you might be here in your hearts? Who's trying to steal from you what it is that you're about to do and has stolen from some? Satan. The powers of darkness does not want you to have truth because truth will make you free bring you into the place. So therefore, God is trying to break through. Now let me tell you something. The reason, or the biggest reason why Israel, Judah, did not receive Mashiach, Yeshua, was because they were looking for a king. Right? That's what the Scripture said. And here comes some carpenter's kid. Huh? You know, he can't, he can't be the Messiah because he, he, he's not, not a king. Listen to me because I'm speaking revelation knowledge to you tonight. It isn't what it looks like. It's what it is. It's not not because it's going to be voted upon to see whether this is right, wrong, or somewhere in between. It's already been judged by God and it's been accounted his kingdom. The battle that we fight is supernatural, spiritual. The battle we fight is trying to find, trying to find, bless God, Ephraim on this earth. We started with 30-some, I think, five years ago. Over 200 of you have gathered here tonight. And there's many, many more that's listening every day on the blog radio program. What's it about?
0: Ephraim,
3: come home! And you've come. You have come. I come with the demonstration of the power of God's anointing in the name of His Son, Yeshua. I come, bless God, That's the prophets of old... I've always been called, called an Old Testament prophet. I' always kind of hurt my feelings, you know. I, gee, I wish I could be like the rest of them. I've never been like the rest of them. Even as a small child, I was never like the rest of them. I was different. As I've told you, the visions came when I was eight years old, they started. There's nothing ever been, ever been normal about me in my life. How many people you know have a real angel come? Manifest himself. Well, I'm going to tell you something. You might have people talk about it. I'll be real careful, though, about it. It's called seasoning. Some of you sitting here tonight lack seasoning. It's all you lack. You think you know so much about God's Word, don't try this prophet out. The fact of it is, and you know, I pounded real, real hard the last couple of weeks well, I'm doing this thing on the purpose of transition. Uh, trans, purpose of transition, that's sweet. Of temptation. How many of you have got that series? How many of you have that? Raise your hand up. Eh, not bad. The rest of you need to get it. Right out of the table. Now, pride is sin. Can everybody shake their head or maybe even, maybe muster an amen? I don't know. And when you decide that you have to declare your spirituality to someone, you're declaring your sin of pride to someone, okay? And, and, and we guard against that here, and I know you know that. There's some of you here that feel you're spiritual. No, you're not. You've been visited by a spirit, all right. It's a familiar one. You don't have enough word in you to walk anywhere close to where this prophet walks. You're going to pay a price, and God knows the price that I've paid to carry this anointing. Can you one day do that? Yes, you can. You have to be trained. And God selected me to train you. Say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You can outdo that. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. This could go on for a while, but (laughs)
0: now.
3: I'm telling you, you know, when the anointing comes as it is now, there's many avenues Many directions that God lays out there. But there's only a few that God lets me take, all right? But God wants you to have a good time this weekend. He wants you to be able to laugh. He wants you to, you know, people get very, very serious around me, and they better. This is life and death, blessings and, and, and curses. You've got to understand, folks, this ain't Granddad's time of church. This is yours. It's ours. We are entering into that time. We must be prepared. We must be, know what we're looking for. Okay, Matthew twenty four fifteen, if you will, please. Matthew twenty four fifteen, Hallelujah. Twenty four fifteen of Matthew says, "When ye therefore shall see the abomination of desolation, spoken of by Daniel the prophet, stand in the holy place, whosoever readeth, let him understand." Well, there's been lots of books written about lots of things pertaining to that. Some of them have been about right. Maybe some of them have been all right. I didn't read them all. But I want you to understand, then at exactly 66 A.D., when Rome came against the city, what city? The city, the city on the hill, Jerusalem, that, blessed God, but an unaccountable amount of Christians discerned, blessed God, what was foretold by Christ. The Jews didn't, because why? They didn't believe that he was the Messiah, all right? And so they fled. Now listen, while 1.1 million Jews are said to have been slain, killed in that terrible siege in 70 A.D. So you see, just because somebody says something doesn't mean anybody's going to believe it. Christ foretold of all this, that there not be one stone here you know, that would stand one on top of another, be destroyed, the temple. Now, over one million men, women, and children died then unnecessarily. If they would have believed, if they would have just believed, what, and you know, they, many of them call him a great prophet. They just didn't want to get into the, and still do today, by the way, they just don't want to get into the word Messiah, Michelle. They could have escaped death easily. And you know, I realize something, he prophesied that 40 years before, okay? Uh, you know, uh, think of all the prophetic fulfillments that we have seen in our day. This generation of you and I have seen more prophetic fulfillment than any other generation on the face of the earth, and we're about to see much, much more. The thing that I began to realize about the ministry that God had dumped into my bucket, had anointed me for, was the things that I had prophesied back in the uh, mid-80s, in the mid-90s, were beginning to just unfold themselves and unfold themselves and unfold themselves before our very eyes. And all of a sudden, I began to re- realize there were many of these prophets that prophesied and died never, know- never knowing whether or not what they had prophesied was really from God. What? That's what I said. Folks, we're flesh and blood. The only thing that ever has ever been different about me or ever will is the anointing. And when the anointing of God is upon me, and I begin to say, Thus saith the mouth of God. You better listen up. But you see, they went to their grave. They never knew. Kind of sad when you think about it. But this generation, this generation, and I'm going to tell you this weekend how we're going to escape the mark of the beast. Oh, we're going to make the rapture. No, we're not. Some of you kind of shifted. <laughs> Ain't going to be no raptures. At least not in, in, in the pre- or the mid-tribulation time. Okay? There's not going to be one. I know what the church told you, but the church lied to you. Only because they didn't know the truth. Only because there was no real prophets to stand up. You know, I've always said, Lord God, if you'd have had me here when all that <clears throat> happened... Interpret that however you will. Some of you that, you know, interpret tongues, that could be a clear my throat interpretation. Because I would have stood up and screamed. They may have hung me, but I still would have gone up on that tree screaming. Screaming to the fact that somebody had the audacity. Somebody had the audacity to say, God said, when God has never said at all that we're going to fly away. At the beginning or the middle of the, the tribulation, the time of Jacob's trouble. Never was mentioned. Oh, well, well now, wait a minute. What, you, know, it, we'll be, you know, well, you take your two scriptures and match them up with, against about 100 that I have. It was never intended to happen. That's the only thing the church could have told you. What else were they going to tell you? Dig a hole and get in it and cover up? Huh? We have a, a little stronger saying that, you know, around my house, but I won't use that. Because I promised on, I'd be nice. Say thank you. thank you for all you that are disappointed. Of, no.
0: <laughs>
3: so you see, there's never been, bless God, I'm going to tell you something, in the, in the history of mankind that we've seen many graphic movements of the hand of God and prophecy. That's what, again, we're seeing today. It's exciting to live now. It's exciting to know that the, 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 the son of perdition, the Antichrist, is about to stand up. Okay? He's about to stand up. He's about to be counted. He's about to have all the answers for the world. All the answers. Yeah, they're going to love him like they loved Obama. I said, you know what I said, loved? He's going to have to pull a great big rabbit out of the hat to get elected again, folks. And $7 a gallon of gasoline ain't going to do it. Huh? How come it has to be that way, prophet? God's hands on it. God turned the government... Over to retrobate mind. They couldn't see the truth, lest God, if the Lord Yeshua himself walked into the room and sat down. They couldn't see it, nor will they see it. How come they're making so many boneheaded judgments in Washington, D.C.? They've been turned over to retrobate mind. There's many of you in this room could run the government because you have what? The leadership of the Spirit of God. Are you saying they're all going to hell? I don't know where they're going, all right, but I'm going to tell you one thing. They have deceived this nation. How long do you think? Now, listen, this is prophetic. How long do you think they have known that this thing is going down the tubes uh, financially? Listen to me. At least 20 years. Well, why'd they keep doing that for? Because the hand of God's upon them. See, this thing isn't happening. See, the thing that you have to get out of your head is, well, the devil made me do it. I think that guy's dead now. He made millions of dollars. (laughs) Well, the devil made me do it. What an excuse. It didn't work then. It won't now. What do you think it is, though? We sit and we watch our government. They have sold us down the river 20 years ago or so, and yet they knew we were going to be broke. They knew that, bless God, that we're going to enter into the place that I prophesied quite a ways back now of superinflation, that I prophesied and told you that the gasoline, the food, was going to get so far out of hand along with everything else that nobody could could deal with it, nobody could handle it, nobody could afford it. You're still making the same kind of money today as you did what? Five years ago, at least last year. And at the end of the week, like most of us, you live what? Week to week, month to month. And all of a sudden, bless God, now, a year ago, let's let's talk more like in five years ago, that check was paying the light bill, the heat bill. Bless God, was paying, what, the payment, the insurance, and everything you had. And at the end of the month, there was a little left over, which you might have gone out and partied, shame on you. But now... When you start having to pay in these exuberant prices for gasoline, milk and bread and meat, that that, that, that paycheck doesn't stretch anymore. Now you know this, so answer, yes or no? <laughs> it doesn't stretch. There isn't anything left over. Some of you are having to do the old story of robbing Peter to pay Paul. Some of you are saying, well, I you know I'll just have to pay that next month. Now folks... What are you going to do when that gets twice like that, three times like that, or more? Well, as I have said, the beginning of what you've watched here over the last few weeks in Wisconsin, Indiana, I think, was also, in fact, I know they were involved in it, where the people began to get, the local, the unions, began to to get in the middle of all this, got there in 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 their state capitals, and they throw the, folks, that's just the beginning of all this, people are seeing the proverbial writing upon the walls. People are beginning to understand, listen to me, we have been duped. The taxes that we have paid for the uh, uh, going toward the paychecks of the people that, now listen, that we hired through voting, which I'm here to tell you has been one of the biggest jokes probably over the last 20 to 25 years that there's ever been. If you think that your vote counts, well, you need to talk to the prophet. Okay? Are you telling me these things are fixed? They have been for years! Get over it! There is a group of men that decides! And oh, we followed the Pipe Piper. Obama drew thousands like a rock star into stadiums. Spoke all the right words that oh this this that my government is going to be transparent my government's going to do this and my government will be doing and they all said yay we vote for him what did he do listen not a cockeyed love that word thing not a cockeyed thing nothing he's back out on the crank praying terrible now isn't he yeah his campaign got to get an early start. I forget how many billions of dollars they said that he was going to spend to win this next election. Will he win it? I've not been told. Some of the elections I've known, the angel would come and show me, and, and, and many of them I didn't know, okay. The only thing I knew was when Clinton was brought into office and the Lord God said, you prophesy and tell the people that this is the beginning of the end of America. And the things that he gave to it, those are on discs that I've done. If you're interested in that kind of a thing, you have to talk to Donna to see where they're at because I don't know. Now, Isaiah 46, Isaiah 46, 9 and 10. Remember the former things of old, for I am God and there is none else. I am God and there is none like me, declaring the end from the beginning. Now listen, declaring the end, excuse me, from the beginning. And from ancient times, the things that are not yet done, saying, My counsel shall stand, and I will do all my pleasure. And you must remember that. He said, I will do all my pleasure. All right? The four prophecies of Daniel that we're going to look at, okay, that have a a common point shared between them, they are all covered, and they all cover an extensively long period of history. From the time of Daniel all the way up until the end of the world. All right? Turn with me to Daniel 2, the first verse. Daniel 2, 1. Now this is interesting. Daniel and in Israel was in, bless God, uh, into the hands of King Nebuchadnezzar. Most of you have read that, listened to it, taught in Sunday school classes for years. And in that first verse it says, in the second year of the reign of Nebuchadnezzar, Nebuchadnezzar dreamed dreams wherewith his spirit was troubled and his sleep brake from him. All right? So he dreamed, the king dreamed a dream. Something troubled him very deeply. Now in the year 406 B.C., The city of Babylon and over over the entire Babylonian empire reigned a king, whose name was Nebuchadnezzar. This king had just finished spreading his empire to new regions because of many conquests, including Jerusalem, where he captured many of the Jews. Among those captured Jews was a very young prophet named Daniel. In the world at this time in history, the power of this king Nebuchadnezzar was without a doubt totally undisputed that he was the king of the world, the absolute king of the whole world. Now, one night the king had a very upsetting dream. Now, it said he had dreamed dreams, right? When he awoke, he was unable to remember the content of the dream. However, it still remained in his heart that it was a very upsetting thing that he had dreamed. So he desired greatly to know what it was because he was confused about it. you ever have a dream that you just can't figure out? Probably we all have from one time or another. But this was so great that it troubled him. In other words, it stirred his spirit man. Now, in the second verse of Daniel 2, It says, "Then the king commanded to call the magicians, the astrologers, and the sorcerers, and the Chaldeans, for to show the king his dreams, so they may be may they came. I'm sorry, and stood before the king. Nebuchadnezzar, like many kings of old, was accustomed to consulting this witchcraft. Okay. However, this time he demanded." And and it was extremely unusual, okay, because in fact that that he was asking more than the simple interpretation of the dream. The king wanted to know everything about the dream, including all that he saw in the dream. And you know what? He demanded that. Of course, this troubled the magicians, this troubled the astrologers, the sorcerers. And every other piece of darkness that was involved. Because they felt that it was a completely impossible thing to do. To tell the king what he had dreamed as well as the interpretation of it without knowing at least the dream itself. And he wasn't telling it. So this thing was so troubling to him that what he wanted to do was to make sure the boys weren't going to pull the wool over his eyes. So he's saying, all right, boys. You good old boys of darkness. Huh? Huh? (laughs) I want you to tell me what the dream was. Then I want you to give me the interpretation of the dream. Try that one on, boys. They're going, well, that's too hard. You never had us want to do anything like this. That's not fair. You ever tried that unfair, unfair with God? I have many times, and it didn't work there either. The fourth verse. Then spake the Chaldeans to the king, Syrac, O king, live forever, Tell thy servant the dream, and and we will show you the interpretation. In the ninth verse, still the second chapter, But if you will not make known unto me the dream, there is but one decree for you. Now this is the king speaking. For ye have prepared lying and corrupt words to speak before me till the time be changed. Therefore tell me the dream, and I shall know that ye can show me the interpretation. The twelfth verse. For this cause, the king was angry and very furious, and commanded to destroy all the wise men of Babylon. Boy, that could hurt, couldn't it? Wow, you know one thing about darkness they you know they can produce things if they know something about and, uh, Most of you don't understand a lot of your problems is that you're giving away you're giving away things to darkness, and that's the way that they can deal with you, okay? Well, I'm always broke all the time, and well, you know this and. You know, Hey, he's broke. <laughs> okay, let's see if we can't get him to lose his home, his car. That's where it works, okay? Now, as this, this begins to unfold even further in the, in, the, in the 19th verse, then was the secret revealed to Daniel in the night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. Now, this is interesting because, of course, there he's, he's really a, a young lad, okay? Now, they were looking for somebody to do this, all right? So Daniel, he began to seek God, and God gave him exactly the same dream. 27 through 30, Daniel answered the presence of the king and said, The secret which the king hath commanded cannot, cannot the wise men, the astrologers, the magicians, the soothsayers show unto the king? But there is a God in heaven that reveal a secret. Somebody say amen. amen. Circle, underline, highlight the word secrets. God has many secrets, many mysteries, of which will come to an end in this generation. He will unveil, if you will, all the mysteries under this generation. And he will. All right? There's many. Okay? There's many of them. Now... And maketh known unto the king Nebuchadnezzar what he, sh- he shall be in the latter days. Okay? Thy dream and thy vision of thy head upon thy, thy bed are these. As for thee, O king, thy thoughts came unto thy mind upon thy bed, that should come to pass hereafter. And he that revealeth secrets maketh known unto thee what shall come to pass. But as for me, this secret is not revealed to me for any wisdom that I have more than any living. But for their sake, that shall make known an in interpretation to the king. And that thou mightest know the thoughts of thy heart. He said, hey, I'm your man, okay? Daniel 2.31 Thou, O king, sawest and behold a great image. This great image, whose brightness was excellent, stood before thee, and the form thereon was terrible. This image head was of fine gold, his breast and arms of silver, his belly and his thighs of brass, his legs of iron, his feet part iron and part clay. Thou sawest till that a stone was cut out without hands, which smote the image upon the feet." that were of iron and clay, and break them in pieces. Then was the iron, the clay, the brass, the silver, and the gold, broken into pieces together, and became like the chaff of the summer threshing floors. And the wind carried them away, that no place was found for them. And the stone was smote, and the image became a great mountain, and filled the whole earth. What does that all mean? Hang on. We're going to get there. The head of gold... The chest and arms of silver, the belly and the thighs of brass, the legs of iron, the feet mixed with iron and clay, the stone breaking the statue, then becoming a mountain. Daniel's not, not, not blessed by the Creator with the exact same dream the king had so as to prove to the king, all right, there is a God that knows all secrets. Daniel is also blessed with the interpretation of the dream so as furthering the glory of the Lord God as well as pleasing the king at the same time. 36 verse. This is a dream, and we will tell thee interpretation thereof before the king. Thou, O king, art a king of kings, of the God of ki- heaven, hath given thee a kingdom, power, and strength, and glory, and wheresoever the children of men dwell, the breasts of the field, the beasts of the field, I'm sorry, and the fowls of the heaven, hath he given unto thy hand, and hath made thee ruler over them all. Thou art this head of gold. So he's telling him, he said, uh, you, you're the head of gold. As we can see, each part of the, of the statue that, that the king saw in his dream represents an actual kingdom. And that, and I know that most of you study enough to know these things, all right? But bear with me. The first one, the head of gold, is in fact his kingdom of Babylon, which is the power that was set there that went from 606 B.C. to 539 B.C. All right? Now, in Jeremiah 51.7, if you'll turn there with me, you might as well keep one hand or a marker there in Daniel if you haven't already jumped through that. All right? 51.7, now, again, the thing with, with prophets is we only can see and only understand what God shows us. If God wants to give us interpretation, he does. If he doesn't, he won't. It isn't like that we are so whatever that is that we can do all of those things as we decide to turn the switch or pull the string. It doesn't work that way. Now, 517 of Jeremiah, Babylon hath been a golden cup, in the Lord's hand, that made all the earth drunken. The nations have drunk of her wine, therefore the nations are mad. So that of Babylon spread unto the other nations, which him being that, that which they had conquered and taken over. And he said, because, because that the earth, because they had drank, of the wine, that now the whole earth is mad. What, the, what is he really saying? That you see that they had defiled. They were in defilement of this living God Yahweh. Now back in the book of Revelation, seventeen, four, okay, and this this is this is important. Hang on. I know this is a bit boring. This this will get a lot more exciting, I'm sure, if I get through this part tonight, which maybe I will and maybe I won't, and who knows except the Lord, surely not me, thank you. 17, 4 and 5, Revelation. And the woman was arrayed in purple and scarlet color and decked with gold and precious stones and pearls, having a golden cup in her hand full of abominations and filthiness of her fornication. And upon her forehead was the name written, Mystery Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots and the abomination of of the earth. Now, you know, it's very, very interesting here that elsewhere in the Scriptures the name of Babylon is associated with gold, okay? This kingdom was one of the wonders of the ancient world. Today it's referred to as one of the seven wonders, okay, of the world because their splendid uh, the constructions that they've done, the immense, beautiful gardens that they had. They were famous for those gardens especially what they called the hanging gardens of Babylon. Babylon deserved to be represented by gold, the king's medals because of its beauty and power. Now, Daniel 2, and we want to look at, bless God, verse 39. Daniel two thirty nine, And after thee shall arise another kingdom inferior to thee. So what God has shown him in the dream that that he's going to be the head of gold, but after his kingdom goes down, then there's going to be another kingdom, that bless God, that is going to come up that will be inferior, okay? Now the historic fact is, after the reign of 67 years, the Babylonian Empire was overthrown by the kingdom of the Medes, and the Persians, known as the Meadow or Medo-Persian monarchy, and it lasted 208 years, from 537 B.C. to 331 B.C. The prophet Daniel here was was actually, uh, had witnessed the overthrow of Babylon in his lifetime, so he actually got to, he, to see that. Represented by the chest arms of silver, the Medo-Persian kingdom was indeed not a rich and beautiful or as beautiful as Babylon however its army was much more powerful as uh, history confirms it to be now now there's something else you want to understand that bless God notice that the metals decrease in value on on the statue as we go down all right now actually uh, increase in other words the gold Is you know the most valuable whatever metal that he's talking about here, but even though the next one was silver, it was more powerful than that of gold. Something you want to get a hold of, and we'll try to talk about that a little later if we can. If not, it'll be another time. Now, Daniel two thirty nine, again, another third kingdom of brass which shall bear rule over all the earth. Now that's interesting because you see we're talking here about these kingdoms rising up and going down. Now, uh, that's one of the things that I definitely want to get to this weekend about America, the United States of America. Every kingdom that has ever been on this earth that God chose, okay, and He's the one that does what? He builds up nations and He tears down nations. But we have come up And somehow, as Americans, because of our arrogancy, we believe that somehow this kingdom will never end. Come on. I don't know that the church has furthered that, but I'm going to tell you one thing. The American people believe that. Yeah, we're going through some hard times, but now let me tell you something, preacher. It's an absolute fact that, bless God, we're Americans, and we'll come right out of this thing. We've had tough times. Look at the the Great Depression. We come through that. We come out of it. You know, we're we're, going to be just fine. No, we're not. No, we're not. This is the falling of a great nation called the United States of America. Everything's in place. We will be ruled, okay, you will be ruled, bless God, by another nation coming to stand, if you will, ride roughshod, as we'd say in the cowboy lingo, over this nation. Isn't that going to be a deal? Isn't that going to be sad? Isn't that going to be terrible? Absolutely, in each one of those accounts, okay? Now, historic confirms that in 331, 331 B.C., the Greek armies destroyed the last Persian king during the famous battle of Arbella. The Greeks saw victory by the powerful and young king Alexander the Great. And you probably surely remember something in history in school about Alexander the Great. The Greek Empire was then established. Its rule actually covered four more territories than the two previous kingdoms. The reign of the Greek Empire of Alexander lasted 163 years. That's a long time, isn't it? Now, from 33 of uh, 331 BC to 168 BC, Daniel 2:40. Okay. And the fourth kingdom shall be strong as as iron. For inasmuch as iron breaketh in pieces and subdueth all things, and as iron that breaketh all these shall it break in pieces and bruise. Now in 168 B.C., it was the Roman Empire's turn. To do what? To enact its supreme rule upon the region. Prophetically speaking, iron perfectly symbolizes the kingdom, or this kingdom, its military strength and discipline, its dominion over many conquered nations, its laws imposed on all people far and wide. Every aspect of this nation was like the strength and endurance of iron. This kingdom reigned until 476 A.D. In fact, the fall of of this kingdom... It's very important to Bible prophecy, and it is. It sets up what we see today right in front of our very eyes. 41 of Daniel. And whereas thou sawest the feet and toes, part of potter's clay and part of iron, the kingdom shall be divided. Now this is, listen, this is getting to be an important thing here. But there shall be in it of strength of iron, inasmuch as thou sawest the iron mixed with mara clay. Now notice the dream that Daniel interpreted did not foretell a fifth global universal kingdom to follow after the fourth didn't do that but rather the division of the fourth kingdom was prophesied instead the kingdom of rome weakened was attacked by barbarian nations that finally resulted in the defeat of rome now each nation took a piece took a piece of what was left of the roman empire in fact Just like the toes, the statute, these nations were ten in number. Okay? Now in 43, And whereas thou sowest iron mixed with clay? they shall mingle themselves with the seed of man, but they shall not cleave one to another, even as iron does not mix with clay. See, prophetically again. The dream that Daniel interpreted foretold that in spite, of the efforts of these uh, European nations that sprang up from the fall of Rome, they would not succeed in unifying to form the fifth global empire. wasn't going to happen. Although many have tried and they have, it will not come to be. Charlemagne, Charles V, Louis the Fourteenth, Napoleon, William the Third, Hitler—all those people have tried to turn the, 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 the place of Europe under the authority, under the control of one ruler. But each one saw his dream fail in what? In a very major way. In some ways, we can see that the Pope, <laughs> here we go, over Rome, was able to get the majority of the European nations under one ruler. It's called the European Union today, the EU. However, these nations of the world have spread much further than, than, than the, the, and in the days past, I'm sorry. But that, the ten toes depicted a much larger geographical area. This is why the Club of Rome was formed in 1968. Some of you may know about the Club of Rome, some of you may not, but listen up. As prophecy declares, they need together as one, under one ruler, as to enforce the mark of the beast, and that's what's coming, Okay. Now, this whole scenario, why was it that God would take a Babylonian king and give this dream? Strange, isn't it? Why don't you just give the dream to Daniel, and Daniel interpret it, and they all get put in the book, and let's all go home and have a good night's rest. No, that's not the way God chose it to be done. Mainly because at, at, with this, Daniel, Daniel gained great fame, and Daniel with the king. And bless God, God then got what? He got glory. Now, the adaptive model of the global world system, the Club of Rome, had its beginning in April 1968 with leaders from ten different countries All right, gathered in Rome, The organization claims to have the solutions, listen, for world peace and prosperity. Now, remember, this happened in 1968. Now, do you think somebody knew that there was something in the offing? Yeah, sure did. Let's go on here. Listen to the rest of this. The Club of Rome has has charged uh, with the task of overseeing Now listen, the reorganization and unification of the entire world. They have taken that upon themselves. The club's findings and recommendations are published from time to time in spatially highly confidential reports, of which most of us would never be privy to, which are sent to the power elite. On the 17th of uh, September in 1973, the club released one such report entitled Regionalized and Adaptive Model of the Global World System. This document reveals that the club has divided the world into ten political, economical regions, which it refers to as kingdoms. Isn't that just, just like God, isn't it? Okay? In other words, you know, I, I have often said that, that what goes on within all this is somebody like me, I'm a major prophet of God set on this earth to do the will of God. Now, what we really are, are pawns. Have you ever played chess? I'm like a pawn on a chessboard. God picks me up, moves me over here. Okay? Then God picks me up moves me somewhere else over here. And he keeps moving me around as he needs to move me around to get whatever it is that he needs out of me to fulfill what it is that he has written. Of the end from the beginning it, it, and folks that is the way it's always been with every prophet you see you're only given the revelation knowledge that God wants you to have for the generation of which he's chosen you to walk this earth
2: hey thank you so much prophet Deckard. again you can get a hold of us at the website www.jewishprophet.com and you can find out again all this material that you're hearing taught every day every week Folks, you want to get out there and start taking a look at that and start ordering that material because you need to get a hold of that and start to apply that into your life so that it will change your life. You know what? You can also email your prayer request to cradle at jewishprophet.com we'll be praying for your prayer requests. Shalom until tomorrow. And remember, with God, all things are possible.